Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. That's right. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. The alternative underground dive bar fan podcast of the Seattle Mariners. Brought to you by OB City Entertainment. And now, the host of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, Myron Sutner. Hey, we're almost live here again at the Boxcar Ale House in sunny, tropical Magnolia Hill in Seattle, Washington. Hey, is it really a hill in Magnolia? It, I, is that is that a hill or a mountain? Magnolia is one of the seven hills of Seattle, I believe. It is. This is uh, this I location. Yeah, this location is right off of Dravis, which is what the steepest hill in all of Seattle. These are these are great questions uh, yeah. that we don't have answers to. Yeah, I actually I had to go to uh, elementary school for two years over here in Magnolia, and that uh, school bus going up the hill was always maybe one of the scariest like times in my life for a couple of years because. You know, it was a public school bus. Anyways, we're back here at the Boxcar Ale House, like I was saying here in Magnolia. Thanks to the Boxcar Ale House for uh, setting us up here. We're again just pounding on some of these tater tots. They got some of the best tater tots west of the Ballard Bridge here at uh, the Boxcar Ale House. Uh, Hannah, isn't it good to be back down here at the Boxcar? Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Thanks again for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for coming across the tracks to Magnolia. I know this isn't your uh, this isn't your cup of tea over here. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. We're gonna have to just do a deep dive of why on another episode. But uh, so hey, again, this is episode six. We're still here live in Seattle. Well, almost live, I should say. Um, this is the end of my road trip up here in Seattle. I'll be back down in Los Angeles for episode seven at the Smoke and Fire Social in Paramount with Tommy Stockberger, a big Ichiro fan. Uh, I know the ninja over here. He uh, He's nodding his head. He likes the sound of that. He's a big Ichiro fan. We're all big Ichiro fans, right? Area 51. This year, he's going into the Mariners Hall of Fame. Uh, Tommy's coming up for that. So if you're stocking Tommy Stockburger, you see what I did there, guys? You guys are just disgusted by that. Uh, he'll be up here for that series. Um, 
hey, you know, we're loving all the love and the feedback, but just remember to like, subscribe, share this with friends. Uh, we're going to have a lot more content coming at you pretty soon. Uh, so let's just get right in here on episode six live, oh, almost live. Episode six, almost live from here at the Boxcar Ale House on Magnolia. In Magnolia Hill. Or Magnolia. On the hill, at the bottom of the hill. It's by the tracks. Hannah, this is as far as he goes, right across the tracks. He's got his his other pinky toe on the other side of the track. So, anyways, we're here. Episode 6. Let's get into this. I like All right, yeah, so we're here again, episode six at the Boxcar Ale House. I've already plugged this place seven times in the last two minutes, so I, th- I think that makes up for me saying that there was a murder down the street. Okay, I'm not supposed to say that. Okay, It had nothing to do with this place. Come here, shoot some pool, check out the 25th anniversary uh, warning track wall, right, section from Safeco Field. Uh, they got a nice stage here. They have live music here. Uh, all the games are obviously on here. And they have some of the better happy hours. And, of course, the kitchen is insane. Come check it out. Drop the rye bread and mustard podcast for a discount of 0%. So, <laughs> anyways, here at Episode 6, I got, of course, Hanno from Edmonds down here. We got Parmesan LeBron. He was on Episode 5. And then... Uh, Episode four, the the plug to the boxcar alehouse, the ninja. So, Mariners snapped a, a losing streak today, right? Yeah, four games. Four games. So we're just gonna breeze past the first two. Ga- Are you guys okay with breezing past the first two games that we lost in the series? Are you okay uh, with that? Lights were Marco getting hit by a ball and okay. Hanniger <clears throat> injuring himself on a run to first. Other than that. Don't really need to talk about anything else. Okay, I, I'm, I'm with that. What do you think, Parmesan LeBron? Nope, he just he he's about to get up and walk away right now. Yeah, it's, I mean it was good. It was good to get the win today. Yeah, and Hanno, you got anything to say about uh, games one and two in Miami? We start off with Matt Brash. He didn't have his control, but that's nothing out of the ordinary with him. But when he did get his control, he was. Uh, locating everything pretty much down the middle and they got after him early yep. um he got pulled early we ended up losing uh eight to six wasn't that close we came back in the end and then game two with our scion award winner robbie ray starting on the hill he looked really good through five innings or excuse me four innings and then that fifth inning was a bunch of trouble for him. He gave up a few runs, and it was a close 3-1 loss. That's when everybody was switching over to the NFL draft, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Look, we got a one-game winning streak going after today. That's right. The Mariners finished out the Miami series. Avoiding the sweep, Avoiding the sweep, I think, is important, right? Well, especially moving on to Houston, right? right? You're, you're, you're facing a division opponent, so you need to just come away with a win right before you hit that next, that yeah. next stop. And I think it was a good win. What, what do you think about this win today, Hannah? What was your big takeaways from this? Well, it was good, like you said, to get the win. But the big takeaway out of this game was the phenom Julio Rodriguez coming through with his first major league home run. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of this home run, 
We're gonna. I need to ask everybody. Where were you when you heard this home run or found out about this home run? Let's start with the ninja over here. Oh, I updated my phone, looked at it, and it said that we were up three to one. Yeah. And then I think I got an ESPN update. Right after that, I said, "Yeah, of course." Woke me up. Yeah, that's that's, that's how you that's how you started today. That's how you started the month of May. Yeah, then I went back to sleep. Oh, okay, all right. And uh, Hannah, where were you? What was going on? I was watching the game. I was flipping back and forth between the hockey game and the Mariner game. And luckily enough, I got switched back right over to see uh, Julio's long, hard. Left center. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is a family show. It started out as a party, but turned into a case of the missing case. Groovy shindig. We're turning off the lights. Oh, Mickey. It's okay, doll. Oh, it's not. There's a case of Miller Lite missing. Who took it? Somebody in this room. Rodney! Hey guys, take it easy, will you? Why'd you do it, Rodney? Cause light tastes great? Yeah! Cause light's less filthy. Yeah! I didn't do it. Well, I'm not even Rodney. Huge! <laughs> I thought it was a costume party! Great mask, huh? But if he didn't do it, who did? They'll never figure out who took that case. Oh, Mickey, you did! Not exactly. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad we didn't go dancing. It's no mystery that there's only one light beer, Miller Light. So, yeah, I clicked back in and saw Julio hit that long and hard, long bomb, 450 feet to left center, up on the terrace there in left field, and then dropped down into the bullpen. Exit velocity was 110, and, uh... It was crushed and happy for the guy. So yeah, up in the terrace, the terrace people went up there to just like relax for the day. Had they known this big ass 110 mile an hour meteor was going to come up there and you know ruin their yeah, that's when, Yeah, when they had the All Star game there, that's where everybody was hitting them in the derby. I mean, it was an impressive in game home run. Yeah, so we were right about where we thought it was to be. Especially you, you said upper tank. It's going to be you know a release. <laughs> like a beluga, I'm talking like a whale releasing things. Uh, nothing else, nothing phallical. And Parmesan LeBron, where were you at today when you found out the news? I didn't get a chance to watch the game today, so I was uh, catching up with it on the recap. I uh, watched some highlights uh, shortly after the game ended. Uh, sitting on my throne, having a cup of coffee. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. You're losing weight. I like it. I like it. So, so for me today, when I found out about Julio's home run, I was listening to it live. I was streaming it on my phone because I was at my sister's apartment, and she does not have Comcast cable, so she does not get Mariner games. So I was having to listen to Rick Riz on the MLB app. I was taking a shower, and it reminded me of that moment, and uh, it was reminded me of that moment of. In uh, Goodfellas, when Ray Liotta was playing Henry Hill, finds out about the Latanza heist, and he's screaming in the shower about it. I felt like I was listening to the game in, you know, the 1960s or 70s. Um, I actually have not even seen the home run yet. I'm uh, going to wait tonight and, you know, watch it with a nightcap. So, 
We're very happy, uh, but also, how disappointed are you guys, uh, especially Hanno and uh, the Ninja, that this happened on the road and all of our efforts were for nothing <laughs> now going out there and trying to get the home run at all the Mariners games we went to? Pretty sure I predicted it on the show when I said he's going to hit it in Miami. I'm going to so. have to go back to the archives. I said Tampa Bay. What, did, what were you thinking, Hanno? I didn't really distinguish what city he'd hit it in. Uh, I was hoping he'd hit it on our last homestand, but it was uh, nice to get that first one out of the way. And um, it's cool that uh, I saw online that he got the uh, ball given to him by a couple youngsters in Miami who then traded it for a nice autographed bat and ball. Wow. Okay. Autograph bat and ball. I feel like that's like he got off pretty cheap right there, right? I mean, like what 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 are you what are you asking for for uh, if you get the home run ball, Farmer Sean? I mean, I think as a major league player, you could reasonably say half of your salary for your first major league home run. If I think maybe that's not too crazy if you're a star on his level with like that that he's supposed to be where. His his brand and who he is is going to just keep rising. Yeah. I think Half of his salary, huh? Yeah, I think if you're a ju- one, one year, I think uh, I think if you're a journeyman, you know, player that you know you're up, you're a waiver guy, and you get your first, you know, major league home run, maybe you know it, it, it comes off a little bit cheaper. Uh, I mean, because yeah, you're, you're not established yet. Yeah, once they get to the. 300, 400, 500 yeah. home runs, then it becomes worth something, and it's more yeah. to uh, bargain with with whoever caught the ball. Julio Rodriguez is going to make 700000 this year. So so you're saying $350,000 for that ball? But also, how much? How many millions of dollars is he going to make down the line? So that's an important thing to have. And maybe Major League Baseball comes looking for it. Maybe the Mariners come looking for it. So it's a good investment, wouldn't you say? Uh, I think so. I mean, from, from, from the team perspective, like you said, or, or him, right? If, if you said, if, if Ken Griffey Jr., right, all these years later didn't have his first home run ball and could have gotten it for $350,000, do you think he'd be upset that he didn't pay for it then? I don't know. He's kind of a humble guy. I'm what just saying as the example, right? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Potential Hall of Famer, Julio Rodriguez. Yes. <laughs> a little bit early. All right. Let's get back into game three of this series. that close out the series really quick. Uh, what did you guys uh, really like about this game? It was nice we scored some runs today and got a win getting out of Florida. And then it's nice to go with a win going into a big series versus Houston. Yeah. Who's right on our tail now since we've lost a few games in a row. Yeah, and even though they're still behind us, they're probably the team that we got that we got to beat. I mean, they're the big bad wolf in the AL West. This is going to be interesting. Down in Houston has been a house of horrors for the Mariners. And uh, hopefully, I think this is the year that we uh, change it down. We are, you know, we got Marco going back out there. I mean, maybe his hand's fine. Maybe it's not. His arm's definitely got to be rested. So I think it would be a big boost to the team if he can come out and be very effective. Yeah, I totally agree. And hopefully he can duplicate what he did the last series in town when Houston was in town. And uh, he struggled versus Houston, only going one and six previous to that last win. And so he's looking to bounce back from that hand injury and pitch well again against Houston, who's been his nemesis. Yeah, and speaking of, uh, you know, Mariners pitching, 
guys, how good is Logan? How how good is Logan Gilbert right now? I mean, have we seen a sure. Mariner statistically be this good to start a season? He's your early front runner for MVP. And, and, Cy, and Cy Young. Right? Yeah, he's only given up two home runs. Um, that's the only runs he's allowed. The second player that he faced in um, Minnesota, he gave up a home run to and then a home run today. So his ERA is below one, which is outstanding. Yeah, he today pitched five and two-thirds. He gave up three hits, one earned run. He did walk four, but he struck out five. Yeah, he did give up the home run. And, yes, his uh, – Season ERA is 0.64, and he's 4-0. and You know, that always looks good for the all-star game starter, right? It's all about, hey, who's getting to 9 or 10 wins? I mean, it's May 1st, and he's got four wins. To say, hey, he needs six wins by the middle of July, I think that's happening. I think we might see a 20-game winner this year. And he's also getting the offense when he's pitching. Yeah, I mean, he's off to a great start. Um, he is our ace so far. I mean, just below Robbie Ray, you know, who was the Cy Young Award winner, and he's looked good, but not as dominant as Logan has looked. Logan has been fantastic. Yeah, and on the offensive side of the ball or plate or lines or whatever, you know, analogy I'm going to go with here, uh, getting on, you know, Who's who's producing at the plate on the Mariners this year? I know Ty France is always going to be Ty France, but the ascension of J.P. Crawford, especially with the power and the driving in numbers in the middle of the order, is pretty good to see. I'd love to almost see him at the three slot, you know, instead of Winker. But also, I why mess with what's going on with J.P. Right? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I don't think I put him in the three spot yet. Winker has had four straight or two straight days with two hits, so four hits in his last eight, so that's been really good. And um, But J.P., his power numbers have sure improved. A um, little disappointed in his defense. He has a lot of errors compared to what he has had in the past, but, you know, his bat's producing. He's a heck of a player and the Mariners' leader. Yeah, we just got to get Perry Hill on him. You know, Barry will fix that up. Second in the league in on-base percentage behind Mike Trout right now. Oh, wow. That is that – is. Good company. company. That is, is still good. Uh, second in walks behind uh, Ron Soto. Ron Soto. No. What is the scouting report on Ron Soto? Winker, Winker <laughs> dropped down. Uh, Ron Soto is still leading <laughs> all Major League Baseball in walks. So Winker get, is almost at 200. He's, 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 he's getting he's up getting, there. He's getting back up there. Yes, he's getting back up there. If we can start getting him hitting, and, and you know, and yeah. you know who. You know, Kelnick's the guy that. You know, we're still waiting for him to snap out of this funk that he's in. What do you feel? Uh, what do, What are your takes on Kelnick right now? Because you're the Kelnick, Kelnick, Kelnick. You're the Kelnick dude. <laughs> um, he he looks a little lost. He's swinging. Well, he was before this series happened. Was swinging at pitches out of the zone. It seems like he hasn't been doing that as much this last series. But he's missing pitches. You know, the count's not in his favor. He's getting behind the eight ball, and he's striking out a lot. I think he only had one hit this series. He's only facing right-handers. They're starting to platoon him with Dylan Moore. and But his defense has been fantastic, but he's just got to work his way through it. He's not getting as crazy with his reactions, but you can tell there's a lot of tension building up in this guy. Yeah, his right head's now. spinning. He's trying to figure it out, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, and... 
his head's probably spinning because another Mariner could possibly be showing up pretty soon. The much-anticipated return of Kyle Lewis. Looks like it's actually maybe sort of kind of going to happen. Who's got some news on that? So Kyle Lewis is now starting to play games down in Arizona in extended spring training with the hope of hopefully getting up to Tacoma soon to start his rehab assignment. Uh, There's no timetable on when that will be or when he'll return, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's definitely nice to have an extra guy if he is the answer, if Kelnick is struggling to be able to throw in there. But looking at his stats and his games, he hasn't been healthy and played that many games either. I looked at both of their uh, stats, and they played about the same numbers, and uh, Kyle Lewis has about 30 more hits, but and a few more homers, but he hasn't stayed healthy, so it's hard to say if he's the answer, but he's a good answer to have if Kelnick does struggle. He's kind of like the Penny of the Mariners, right? The Rashad Penny of the Mariners, right, Kyle Lewis? Yeah, good point. Yeah, Uh, lots of talent. We know it's there. It's all about him staying healthy. And what's the COVID news, Ninja? What's going on with the Uh, Mariners? Everyone's back, everyone's healthy. Everyone's back. It's over. Yeah, and we're still at 28 players. Um, we need to get down to 26 by tomorrow. What I heard is that by the two guys that they're going to bring down to Tacoma to get to the correct uh, roster number of 26 is um, Donovan Walton and Justice Sheffield will be going down. Okay, okay. I can live with that. But, you know, Sheffield it just seems like we just can't find the right place on this on this team for him, and that's unfortunate. But, hey, those are the breaks. Mariners are off to Houston, and it's going to be a good series. Like we said, This is uh, these are the important games. We also need these wins not just to get Houston off our ass, but Anaheim just looks good. We got we to, gotta, you know, keep it going so we can shove that home run cowboy hat up their ass. Yeah, we got to keep pace with them. You know, they're breaking out just a little bit. They'll go on a slide here, too. It's a long season. Um, but, you know, we got to play well in Houston and try to get two out of three. I mean, if we did win, let's say we sweep them, that means we have a five and four road trip and we'll be ecstatic, you know. So it, we'll just see how it goes. We will see how it goes. Yeah, we got Brash versus Berlander coming up. We got that one for sure. That'll be a hell of a matchup. Yeah. Do you know what the, uh, what the current betting odds are on that game, Ninja? That's a uh, I think that might be that might be one that uh, this is not not financial advice at all, but uh, you might want to check that one out. I'm telling you, take Brash. He's got the he's got it this time. He's well well rested. He only went two innings. So, well, I mean, if he if he gets some more uh, stellar defense by Kelnick behind him, uh, which was you know he, Kelnick did save a run uh, when Brash got blew up uh, blow, blown up on Friday. Good point. Yeah, the bases were loaded. Um, Hard hit to him in right field. Obviously, the man on third scored. The guy from second tried to score, and he threw him out easily from right field. That was a nice play. So, yeah. All right. I think we covered all of that shit, so. Mariner catcher Mark Hill doesn't know we have hidden cameras. You guys ain't got no hidden cameras around here, do you? Oh, no, no. We just wanted to ask you about these two baseballs. Which one do you think is the whiter of the two, Mark? Well, I would say this one, it's all brand new and white. You picked this one here? Do you know which right. ball you just picked, Mark? You picked the Mariner's ball. No, you're kidding me. That's right. You gotta be kidding. No. 
Ball night is Saturday, August 16th at the Kingdom. Every kid 14 and under gets a new baseball free. I like this baseball. I would come to ball night. So let's get back into that Julio home run really quick. So, again, what was given to Julio, just for some clarity, or what was exchanged from Julio to the kids that got the home run ball? Uh, the only thing we saw in video was a bat and a ball. I don't know if any other financial exchange happened, uh, but we did see a bat and a ball given to uh, to the kids. Autographed. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, when Julio... Uh, walked up with the bat and the ball. Of course, rookie mistake. The first thing out of his mouth. Does anybody have a pen? <laughs> oh, man. Well, he had a real nice pen for the bat, though. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. Oh, the, the, we're yeah, talking a nice, a, a nice ink pen. Yeah, the silver. The silver yeah, paint pen. It was really, yeah, but he didn't pen. have the ballpoint for the ball, so it wouldn't smear. So, uh, yeah. As you know, you're a big autograph guy. Yeah, we got Ninja, the autograph. You know, King over here. Autograph in spring training That's what year. I was get alluding to here. That's actually a good question. If that happened, right? If, if you have this really valuable autograph coming your way and Julio doesn't have the right pen, do you make an issue of it and say, like, hold on? Well, it's an autograph guy. I don't know about you, but me, I have a few pens yeah. that I'm using depending on what I'm going to use to get autographed. got to have multiple pens. Yeah. Different colors, paint pens, Sharpies, ballpoints, all for different... Whatever yeah, if it's an 8x10, a bat, a ball, they all are different uses, right? Yeah, and the, you know, always be prepared in Peoria down in spring training because you don't know what you're going to run into. Yeah, I mean, we ran into Rick Riz, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> we went up to his booth. Uh, we, ran into we stalked him. Okay, so listen, I, was, I did a little bit about spring training on Epistockton. <laughs> We did a little bit of talking about spring training way back on episode one, uh, but the ninja, he probably had the best spring training out there. He's the one who got the Tom Murphy bat that has now, you know, we took away the bad bat. He's got the magical one now. He's got the magic stick, but uh, tell me some of the better uh, spring training autographs you got this year down at Peoria at Mariners training camp. I think the best story I had was the... Autograph I didn't I didn't get, which was Shohei Otani, and we were waiting for Shohei after the Angels after he pitched. <clears throat> so it started off as a little crowd, and I kind of positioned myself right. But then when the Shohei come, came out, I got mobbed by about fifty Japanese people, and they smashed me up against the fence and were yelling in my ears. It was like, like oh, it was crazy. As Shohei, I wasn't speaking Japanese, and I just got like a. You know, concert crush up against the the fence where Shohei was signing. So Shohei, he signed mostly jerseys. He went around and grabbed all the jerseys and signed, I think, uh, one other big one. But he was looking for good pins on, like, nice things. And he signed, like, the the six real nice, you know, pictures and, like, five jerseys. And then was out of there. Uh, I just didn't – he didn't sign many baseballs. He didn't sign many uh, cards. It was all a bat jerseys, like big stuff like that he grabbed. Yeah, because some players only sign certain things and stuff like that. So that's really interesting. When when you get your uh, autographs on a new ball, you know, you hope to get it on the sweet spot. Do you ask them to sign on sweet spots or do they just kind of know since they're a pr- predominantly good player and it's a fresh ball for them? You definitely request sweet spot. And yeah. then the, the, if the player is not sure about it, you read it like, yes, sweet spot, please. <laughs> and then you have your other, like, baseballs ready for um, 
you know, you got like 10, auto, 10 autographs on them that just really cool baseballs. I got some really good ones. We got Donovan Walton on it, and then we got <laughs> Alvin Davis on it, and I think we got just I got Alvin of, Davis all by myself on one. Yeah, but have a bunch of random autographs on one baseball, and then you see the, you know. My thing is you always got to have something ready to go. And yeah, and and for if you want to hear about my autograph from Alvin Davis, I'll spare everybody this one. Go back to episode one on the archives. If you're on the new YouTube page, check it out. The archives will be there. Or if you're on our website through Budsprout, blah, 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 on our website through the Buzzsprout platform, you'll easily find all of the episodes. Or you know, actually. You can just find them on your apps. Just scroll back, but the Alvin Davis, Myron autograph story will be on there. But if you go to Buzzsprout, I will have chapters for certain stories. I will not bore the rest of this conversation about that autograph. There's, uh, you also, though, this year got Julio Rodriguez's uh, autograph. You didn't have to Yeah, I'm it holding again. it. It's a nice autograph. Oh, yeah. He did. If you're not here right now, which none of you are, uh, the ninja brought down some of his balls. Hey, easy. And he brought in a case. Uh, His autograph balls. Which balls do we have? Well, first of all, first let's talk about the Julio Rodriguez. How did it happen? What ball did you have it on? What was going on? And how? What was your approach? Well, well, he hit the home run. I saw him leaving, headed down that. This was the uh, in the park home run, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I saw him leaving the field. Not many people at the game. Ran down the, walked fast. <laughs> speed walking like speed Bill walking, Nye, yeah. the the science. Uh, what was it? Speed. I'm speed walker. Myra's making fun of me. And there, yeah, and there's I don't make fun of people. One other, uh, you know, ten year old kid asking for Julio is only us two, so no problem. Did he sign you or the kid first? The kid first. Oh, that see, that's a that's a that's I don't your, agree with that. Yeah, I don't. I me either. Because when some people, you know, I've gotten foul balls at games, and people are like, "Let the kids get it," and I'm like, "Listen, I've put thirty years of time in with this fucking team." Oh, I know. Especially with getting autographs, you know, I get them not to sell them. I'm not one of those guys. I keep them for my own collection. Yeah, Kyle and Seeger. And so. You know, you get a bad rap for being older and trying to get autograph memorabilia for yourself. So that's a tough thing. But, I mean, I understand the kids. It's not like you're pushing them over and stuff. You know, I mean, especially this this kid out there hopefully has a dad that's passing his autograph collection on to his kid. Right? You're still trying to build your own, right? Now here's Lenny Randall with the Mariners beat the Red Sox hitting baseballs Woo. out of sight. Mm-hmm. Every kid who's 14 and under will want to come, come to Jacket Night. Get a free jacket. Get a free jacket. Get a free jacket. So I wasn't a very big, I was never a big autograph guy. I have autographs. I just, I was never a big autograph seeker. When I was in grade school and maybe early middle school, I did get autographs and it was right guys like down at the kingdom. It was the North parking lot that you would, you would wait for the guys because the Mariners would be going over to 
sneakers to have a drink or something like that, or FX McGorries, right? Yeah, and the players' parking lot was just a little fenced-off area in that northeast corner by the kingdom out there in that north yeah. parking lot. Yeah, just going right towards where Tiki Bob's used to be, right out there. I don't know if that, that, they weren't around back then, but yeah, I'd wait out there. Alvin Davis always would sign. That's why that was a big deal about that. Harold Reynolds was somebody side. Buner would sign. Griffey was a little more elusive. He would get in his car, and but I mean, he's on another level. Randy Johnson was probably the biggest prick when it came to autographs. I mean, but like he was always in character. He's kind of like the Undertaker of the. That MLB. wasn't his nickname. It wasn't the biggest prick. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't the biggest. It was prick. the big unit, right? Big unit. Yeah, he was. He was. Harold Reynolds was always good, um, but yeah, I used to stand out there, and my mom would get pissed off because. Every time she would drop me off at a game, and I was going to games by myself when I was 10 or 11, I'd call her on a payphone, and she'd be like, okay, you're going to be outside at 9 o'clock or 9.30? And I'd be like, sure. And I'd be out there, and I'd see her park there, and I'd go to the north side, and I would wait, and I would get honks, honks, honks. When I would hear a certain honk, I knew it was my time to go, but... Yeah, I would always wait out there on the north side. Most of the time, my mom would let me stay and get these autographs. So uh, that's about my, I think that's about where my autograph collecting ended. Obviously, the Ninja, you got a bunch of really good autographs. What, which autographs did you bring down here today? Oh, I brought the, the Broadcasters collection. I got Dave Niehaus, Rick Riz, Dave Sims. Yeah. I think I got a, I brought a Julio Cruz ball. Yeah. Just for Mariners. And, and, uh, and the Julio. Yeah. And when you are getting autographs, what, for somebody that's older, like us, <laughs> not kids, what is the technique and what are you up against when you're trying to get autographs? Say, can I get your autograph? That's basically it. It, it helps really to uh, know their names. They they appreciate that. So if you know somebody's name, yeah. So I was like, "Hey, this 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 year at pure in a spring training, I was like, Josh Harrison, what's up, man? Can I get your autograph?" And he just like immediately was like, "Oh my god, you recognize that I'm Josh Harrison?" Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, you yeah." Know, you can't just be like, "Hey, you, well, let me get an autograph." They'll be like, ignore you. Yeah. Another thing is like uh, not having alcohol with you, not having beer with you down in in spring training. They. Yeah, some of the players don't like that. They don't want to see you chewing. They don't want to see, like, they if you're being nice, nice to them, yeah. Yeah, so obviously, like, competing against the kids, though, is kind of tough. You got to pick and choose your spots, right? Yeah, it's impossible. There's, yeah. there's nothing you can do to compare with the kid on kids' day on Sunday afternoon <laughs> at the at, at the Mariners <laughs> yeah. game. You just got to count your losses and see your skip over you again yeah so who's okay i've i've, I've heard this on uh the previous episode i've heard this from you personally what tell me about the autograph beef with uh kyle seager i've it's been at least five times in my life where he's purposely looked at me skipped over me and gone to the next kid next to me you know but in, in his defense it's, it's always been on like a sunday Little League or Kids Day before the game or something like that. But he just doesn't like signing for anybody over about 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Is, does this – is this a lot of your – you know, does this dislike come from the autograph snubs? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, about 80%, and the other 20% is him hitting 200. 
I can honestly say I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty glad that you're not going to have to experience that pain of not getting an autograph from him this year or ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's wh- not like I was trying to get his autograph to sell it on eBay or something like that. I just wanted a Kyle Seeger autograph to add to my extensive Mariners autograph collection. Hannah, what's one of your favorite autographs or autograph moments where you're like, "Damn, this is like, this is it." I got two stories. One from both ends of the spectrum of being good and bad. I'll do the good one first. Uh, I was lucky enough to happen to go to the Mariner game way back in the day when Alex Rodriguez was with the Mariners. I went to that. Uh, home team player parking lot just uh, right near the uh, kingdom in the north parking lot it happened to be his birthday there was about 20 of us there he pulled up in his white um, mercedes and came out walked what? along the fence was he was he bumping any music when he rolled up um the only time i really noticed music is when griffey drove by he wouldn't park in there he would drive around the stadium and then park in where the north security was yeah and I would hear his music, but A-Rod was cool. He signed for all 20 of us and whatever we had. So I had three cards and an 8 by 10 and um, got him to sign all of them, and I still have them to this day. So that was really cool. That's amazing. And then the bad story, or not a bad story, but the unfortunate story, I happened to be there after a game, and I was the only person there. And guess who walks out? Who? Ken Griffey Sr. Oh, wow. I said, Hey, senior, would you sign? And he just kept on walking and wouldn't sign and just said, I, I, I don't have time today, sorry. But I was the only kid there. <laughs> yeah, he was like a real adult. He was like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I always tried to get Griffey's, but his dad would have been cool too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many other people are, were asking for Ken Griffey's senior. Uh, well, and I, the, the, the thing that makes the story so frustrating is I was the only person there. But that's the way it goes. Yeah, and uh, did you? What's your favorite autograph that you personally went out and got yourself? Well, that's a tough one, but I'll keep it w- with the theme. Is probably uh, after the Kingdom game playing the Minnesota Twins, and then Kirby Puckett was my favorite ultimate favorite player. Yeah, I, I like- actually like had an eight by ten with me. I wanted to get Kirby Puckett's autograph. It was like one of my major goals in life. Minnesota Twin uh, and Hall of Famer. I think this is probably like. 1988, 1989, something like that. And then uh, so waiting after the game, here he comes, Kirby Puckett, walking down the rope, the rope kind of roped off area to the south of the kingdom. To like the team bus or something? Uh-huh. And then uh, somehow I, I jumped in front of him. I'm like, Mr. Puckett, Mr. Puckett, let me your autograph. And he, he trampled over me. He walked right over the top of me and, I, and walked – just kept walking, and then I was like, oh. And then he looked back, and he's like, oh. He picked me up, and he signed my 8 by 10 I was like, oh, my God. Thank you, Mr. Puggett. It's like, but it took me, like, I jumped out in front of him and put it right in his face, and he just walked right over the top of me. Damn. He's not a tall guy either. No, so. he's built. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. a fire hydrant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, how about you, Parmesan? Were you into that as a kid? Uh, no, I never, I never was one of those uh, kids that went up for autographs. Uh, I think the first autograph I got was probably uh, with, with Myron down at the Angel Stadium, maybe when we were 20, 21, uh, you know, blacked out enough to be adults asking for autographs. Uh, yeah, beer was more important. Grown man. Men, um, when it didn't matter. And these weren't impressive players, right? When you're talking about players and coaches where you're like, that autograph has zero meaning to it to me or the player. Yeah. 
but I'm still going to ask for it. Just to be like, hey, solidify this moment that we met each other right here and then, and, you know, so, so, you make your mark. So shout out to uh, former Mariners coach Matt Sinatra for, I believe, being my first yeah, autograph. Yeah, and he is a beloved bullpen well he was an actual catcher and then i think he became like the bullpen coach correct yeah and hansen actually come on let's let's be honest you you thought he was dead he, i did think he was dead <laughs> i'm not dead thank I, god i was wrong it was other former great mariner catcher john marzano that i confused him with so, r.i.p but and i, I clarified that with you but I'm so, glad you brought it up just to call me out. So, Matt Sinatra, if you're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, this is a verbal apology from Hanno. Yeah, Sinatra and Marzano, they are like the uh, rat pack of the uh, Mar- oh, Mariners. They, they are. Yes, they are. You could, you could see why that could confuse them, too. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Uh, mine, mo- I, God, if I had to say one of the more weirder or interesting ones I got was, do you guys remember the uh, player Carlos Baerga? He yeah. played on the Cleveland Indians at the time, the Guardians organization. Uh, it was at the Kingdom. It was out there on Occidental, right where the stadium would be. And he was an all-star at this point. And it must have been a game like in the middle of a series because he was going out. He wasn't getting on the team bus. And he just had the strongest whiff of cologne. And he had like these loafers on and the big chain. And he had his hair all done. And he was kind of signing, but he didn't want to sign. And by the time I, my fat ass got over there, I was like kind of behind him and I couldn't catch up. And he was trying to get into a car and he hawked a fat loogie and he spit it and it went right onto my shoe. I had these Adidas, black Adidas shoes, a big ass loogie on my shoe. And he turned around, he turned around and realized he spit on me. So he signed whatever I had, a ticket or something like that. That's probably my most uh, memorable, weird memorable uh, autograph another story oh give me one more it's this uh, Dave Niehaus ball I got signed here oh yeah the one I'm holding right here Dave Niehaus yeah. Hall of Fame when I got that wow. one at Fan Fest and then so I was down there and I I came across Dave Niehaus and I just got completely starstruck I was like I, I froze up and I didn't know what to do and I was just like the only thing that came out of my mouth was like Dave I love you man <laughs> and then he just like looked at me and was just like, kind of like shook his head like, oh man, what's wrong with this guy? It's like, oh yeah. So and then I was like, can I have your autograph? I was yeah. So he signed it for How me. How old were you? Yeah, about uh, you know thirty years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but D- Dave has that impact on a lot of fans here. You know, he's the beloved broadcaster of the Mariners. I can see why you would say that. Uh, well, I know that you've had gotten a lot of autographs, but I did see you do an autograph gaff down down in a, a total bomb he bombed down in uh, Peoria. so let's let's tell them the story what happened here we're leaving the mariners versus milwaukee brewers game at the milwaukee brewers facility and i saw a guy pitching and i was like 
Oh, man, that's Josh Hader. All right. I got a ball in my pocket. I'm going to get Josh Hader to sign this. Like, thank you. All right. And he was just like, and then I looked at the back of his jersey, and it was Baker. (laughs) (laughs) One of the single-A pitchers, like, newly drafted down in spring training for the first time. But he he was so excited to give me his autograph. So, yeah, I got that ball at home, too. Yeah, that's... All right, shout out to Baker. Baker, and listen, the guy was... He might be good in five or ten years. Yeah. You never know. He was so happy when he turned around, and Christian was like, hey, can I get your... Aud-? Everybody else sweet was spot, asking him for... Spot. Listen, it, it, it was on these practice fields next to the stadium. Yeah. So everybody's walking out, like just a flood of people from him, like, give me a ball, give me this, give me this, give me that. And he's like, hey, let me get your autograph. And the guy just turned around, and it just made his day. You know, that's how I feel like the, you know, the bullpen pitchers sometimes feel that way, right? You know, you catch just the random players at the right time. They're going to take all the time in the world for you. Yeah, it's just times that, like, you got to be prepared and you don't know who it is because there's been a couple times where I'm like, who's this guy signing autographs? They're like, oh, that's Mark McGuire. And you're like, oh, okay, well, hey, Mr. McGuire, can I have your autograph? And then you realize you're just drunk staring in the mirror in the bathroom at the stadium? Nope. Okay, I was going off of this Baker guy. What are some of your other balls at home that you're like, why the fuck did I get this autograph? Oh, there's none of those. But, oh, you bullshit. Know, like I've seen them. Dave Valley. Like well, Dave Valley is at least a, a, also a TV personality. I think he's cool enough to – I got a picture with Dave Valley. Really not, right, Hannah? We got a picture with Dave Valley? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's royal. I got some more random guys. Darren Bragg. Darren Steve Onaveras, remember him, the former Mariner, both <laughs> yeah. pen pitcher. Yeah. You know, Mike Schooler. Bill Bradley ball. The double autographed hat I have that has only Ryan Franklin and Jose Paniagua on yeah, it. Yeah, that is this still. That That's is still about as Ryan. random as you can get. I have a Dave Cochran. That, uh, that has actually negative value. I don't think there's actual. Uh, it's kind of like my Omar Vizquel autograph ball. Oh, uh, Omar Vizquel. Little, that's a good autograph. It is a good autograph. I actually sent my card back in the day as a kid to the Mariners, and Omar was nice enough to send it back to me, you know, the self-addressed stamped yeah, envelope. Yeah, I did that, too. I went to Asa Mercer Middle School, and in my language arts class, we had to write teams. I wrote the Montreal Expos. I wrote Frank Thomas. George Brett sent me one back. He signed. Oh, that's a good it. one. I got, I got this. Weird autograph. I could tell it was fake from the Montreal Expos. I, I mean, they to say they were not a first class organization is pretty pretty fair. Uh, Frank Thomas uh, and Isaiah Thomas. I know it's not a baseball thing, but I picked him. I, I just picked these random players. We wrote letters. I got got the autograph. I have a George Brett autograph card that has Jim Morrison on the back because it was a he was a. Infielder for the Pirates, so it misprinted. But he's also like what for the doors, so that's pretty cool. Does that devalue cards, or does it bring up the value on certain items? Since since you are a collector, it it would definitely if you got a Shohei autograph on a Shohei rookie card, it's going to make that card worth a lot more. The Griffey autograph on the Griffey rookie card definitely makes a lot more. But other than like special circumstances, it's. Not really worth selling, not really worth that much. Yeah. On cards. And is there any Mariners right now that what you already got Julio's, is that pretty much the peak pinnacle or are there other ones that you guys are year after this year? Oh the Julio autograph card right now is one of the top cards in the industry. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. More than Bobby Witt, I would say more than any other rookie. The 
Julio, Julio Rodriguez cards are most expensive and hottest selling cards right now in the industry. Yeah, the card game has really changed here in the last few years, hasn't it? Yeah, cards are exploding. They're getting way more expensive. Yeah, because like in our era, back in the 90s when we were collecting, there was just so many of them. The junk era, they call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's... Yeah, the Griffey oh. card the, on uh, Upper Deck was the most expensive card there was around, and that was 100 bucks, and that was like an, just like a crazy number, right? Yeah, it still goes for about, you know, two to $300, depending on the condition, and then... Graded cards go for a lot more, and then the autograph off, uh, authenticated Griffey Ricky card is probably like five or six hundred bucks right now. Yeah, the grading has really changed the game, hasn't it? As far as value of them, mm, that and rarity because they, pl- they print up one series that's you know fifty thousand cards, and then they print up another series that's only out of ninety nine. So the numbered cards out of ninety nine are going to be the ones that are worth all the money that's what everyone's going after but for the average rye bread mustard listener right you'd you'd love to have that autographed griffey card 500 bucks sitting on your shelf just shining shining in your study on your bookshelf count count me in but most of the cards that kids are getting signed these days are just the the normal paper cards with you know not the superstars on the autograph so it's not like you're gonna be able to make a huge profit of selling autographs on eBay. Yeah. You know, like Kyle Seeger. If I had a Kyle <laughs> Seeger like autograph Ricky card, like go look up that one on eBay. Yeah. Is there a Ken Griffey senior autograph on a Ken Griffey Jr. card? Accidentally or purposely? Yeah. There definitely is one out there somewhere. And is that how is that much more valuable? No. All right, so we're running out of time here. It's time to eat. It's time to drink. And celebrate today's first ever Julio Rodriguez home run. Again, this is the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Want to thank, you know, Hanno from Edmonds making over here to Magnolia, Parmesan LeBron, and the Ninja for helping us out. We are doing this here again at the Boxcar Ale House. In Seattle, which has become already our dive bar home, it seems like, here on my Seattle trip. I'm headed back down to L.A. again. I will be at the Smoke and Fire Social in Paramount for Episode 7 with Tommy Stockberger. And hopefully we are celebrating a Mariners series victory over the hated Houston Astros. Um, Anything else any of you guys want to add or anything? No. No. And fuck off. Okay. That's it. Again, like, share, subscribe. Check us out on all of the major platforms. I could do them all. Look out for the YouTube page coming and the Instagram and the Twitter. 